0: I don't like it in here. It was <laughs> Matthew.
1: and uh welcome everybody to haunting live podcast this week thank you so much for checking us out we are live on facebook right now so thank you for tuning in and welcome all new followers we noticed we had a bunch of new followers lately so we really appreciate you liking our page and checking us out don't forget to follow us on social media if you miss the live show here you can always check it later on tonight on youtube when we do our youtube premiere at 11 o'clock but if you miss the live show so you can always catch it on the podcast apps later on as well Um, Today, though, we have a very special guest, Uh, Christopher Allen Brewer is here. He's a paranormal expert, and he's going to be talking to us today a little bit about his paranormal experiences, what he does on investigations, and about his uh, TV show experiences as well. So, a very interesting show, and let's get to it here this week on episode number 32 of season 2. And let's welcome in Christopher. Uh, Well, thank you for being here this week, Christopher. I really appreciate you taking time out and joining us here on Haunting Live Podcast. And talking a bit about your background and what you do as a paranormal investigator and, of course, experiences that you've had. So um, let's start with your background. And um, what drew you into the paranormal?
0: I, I was born in South Dakota, Pine Ridge, so I'm Oglala Sioux, hmm. uh, was the tribe I was born into. And just that early exposure to the concept of a spirit room uh, really prepared me for the experiences I would, I would have later. But all of my family back then—I mean, they all, well, to this day, have experienced hauntings everywhere we've lived. Uh, so, I mean, every single person in my family has a story. Uh, my my uncle was also a patrolman on the reservation, the Pine Ridge Reservation. So, he'd seen a lot of things—from spirits to uh, Sasquatch to star people, you know, UFOs. You know, a lot of what people people consider paranormal for us it was just a very normal experiences you know we believe we coexist with so many different forms of life mostly unseen um but i remember asking him when i was a little boy well how do you know that these uh these people you see by the side of the road how do you know they're not just people looking for a ride and he's like, well, they're luminous or they're invisible. You know, they give up their own light. But, you know, it was their belief that that's not something you went and investigated or messed with because those could be dangerous. If they had a message for you or appeared in your dream time, you know, dream time is really important to us because that's where we got all of our visitations, experiences. So to dream of someone who had died, um, which we don't believe really anything dies, um, it just transforms, uh, that was an actual bona fide visitation and uh we believed like in dream spirits you know these spirits that would come to you and impart this knowledge and wisdom but they spoke a, a different language which was a symbolic language so it helped to have like in my case a, a grandfather you know someone that would give you like an indian name and help you along your you know your spiritual path but it wasn't until really i moved to denver um we moved off of the reservation for better life opportunities and we lived in a house on the outskirts of downtown denver and uh the former tenant had hung herself in the closet of, for some reason, the room my mom decided to put me in. But uh, late at night, you could hear this woman crying from this closet. And I just remember feeling so bad for her. I I didn't know what to do for her, but it was was a weird closet anyway. It It didn't even have a door. It had like a kind of like a shower curtain. So sometimes you could see her feet swinging, you know, at the bottom of this curtain. It was just really spooky. My father worked nights, so a lot of times it was just me and my mom by herself. But that's where we actually left because it got too scary. But it, it culminated in one night where um, someone had opened the cellar door, which, with you know, I was very young; they wouldn't have done that, and it was far too heavy for me to lift. But I, I went down to investigate to find out what was down there, and the cellar door slammed on my hand, which cut open my finger and really kind of symbolically branded me in an interest in uh, in spirits. Um, you know, I'd have I'd have previous exposure to them, but why some spirits are are malevolent and some are more just ancestral, there to help you and guide you. You know, um, and then it just kind of like took off from there. You know, I, my first ghost hunt was at age twelve. You know, as back as like early eighties when I was in the elementary schools, um, I was already reading about Ed and Lorraine Warren and trying to find out about these other people, how they incorporated this into their lives because it was always something we kept uh, private. We don't really talk about it a lot. So it wasn't until Steven Spielberg's um, Poltergeist came out that we thought, oh, okay, this is, you know, a lot of people are talking about this phenomenon. Now we can go out, we could tell our friends and found out a lot of other people have these same experiences. So we didn't feel so strange, you know, after that.
1: Yeah, it always takes something like that, like a big event, for people to actually start believing in it, or actually to start telling their stories as well. Um, mm-hmm. go, growing up, did you actually have more experiences than just that? The one that you just mentioned. Okay. Was there a lot of things going on? I assume you were on the reservation, but like, um, was there a lot of things going on there with more than just spirit? Was there a cryptid as well? Or
0: oh yeah, I mean, we always knew about uh, Sasquatch. Um... That we believed he was just—they uh, were a race, of uh, very old beings. That they were, um, they were underdwellers So they lived underground. You know, sometimes they they go up on the surface um, and just get lost. So it take them a while to find their way back. You know, underground. Um, we also believe, like in the Star People, um, that just like our, our, as there is uh, here, as above so below. You know, there's a number of different like nations. So a de- number of different um, races of of. Uh, I guess what you'd call aliens. Um, You know, we believed in so many different forms of life. You know, a lot of obviously in this day and age, things that you can't see, but you can gauge with different tools we have now at our disposal. You know, I always think about these tools that we have, like um, these full spectrum cameras and uh, these EVPs that can record voices from hundreds of years ago. you know, all these tools that allow us to see, you know, take a peek through that veil. You know, these are things that took like saints and mystics years and years to achieve back in the day through the most strictest discipline and training. And what are we doing with this stuff? You know, are we just sitting in the dark watching lights blink on and off? Ooh, you know, kind of like this Victorian novelty of it um, or really trying to make authentic contact with the divine. And it's okay, you know, if you're just going out and you wanna have a good time, but there has to be a respect there um, my grandfather, when he found out I was doing this, um, and my uncles, they're just like, "Why are you pursuing all this stuff?" You know, that could be if if, if it, I happen to be like a healer, um, they'd put a stop to that because there's energy in these places. It's it's just kind of like this dead, toxic energy that you can absorb. You know, we talk about like um, hitchhikers or attachments, things like that. It's it's very similar to that. Where if you're doing any healing work, you know, you can pass on that energy and attachments. To other people, and you might just think, "Oh, it's just an energy," and you know, I'll just do like a cleanse. But you know, a lot of it it also is also memories of whatever residents used to be in a home, uh, like arguments people had. It can influence your thoughts. You know, I know a woman that was on the res where she started lis- listening to different kinds of music and eating different kinds of food because of the people that used to live at the you know other property. You know, there's things we do like burning sage, uh, sweetgrass, cedar to cleanse that energy. Um, but a lot of it had to do with our, with our thought forms, you know, and really taking responsibility for that. And, you know, I manage a metaphysical store here in Colorado Springs. And for a lot of people, unfortunately, it's just about putting a crystal in your pocket and calling it a day. You know, I'm good. You know, this is for uh, opening up my third eye. So I'm going to do that and, and I'm good. It's not really taking responsibility for, you know, they're back the next day. Oh my God, this just happened. Um, so And when you think about it, you know, we we cleanse our cars, our our houses, our clothes, but we don't really do that, a lot of us, like uh, on on a spiritual, in a spiritual way, um, on a congruent basis, you know, and especially now, it is so important with everything going on in the world, um, all these thought forms, all this pessimism, all this uh, resistance to vaccine and masks and all these things. Um, it's it's really important to take responsibility for your own platforms. Uh, you know, that was a big part of my upbringing too, listening to that voice, listening to spirit, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I think it does. I think a lot of people just don't understand sometimes how things can attach to a person. But I think you guys as a Native tribe have a lot more in-depth insight into that kind of thing. And it's really great that you can bring it out and share that with people.
0: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I just, I, I feel really grateful, um, the upbringing that I've had. Um, I got my Indian name in 1991, uh, which is Bearheart. You know, I, I read, grew up reading Batman comics, so I always wanted something cool like Red Wing. You know, you don't choose and you don't mm-hmm. ask. You know, if you're meant to have it, it'll come to you. Same thing with the eagle feather. Uh, my grandfather was having a dream where um, he saw one of the eagle feathers that we had in our family spinning above this, this lake. So he went to investigate and he looked down and he saw these bear tracks. So he followed them to the edge of the lake. And when he looked in the reflection of the water, he saw me looking back at him. So he knew that that feather would go to me and that I needed an Indian name for the next uh, phase of of my life. Um, I also got like a a journal for recording my dreams. So I've had a dream journal I've kept since since then, since the early nineties. Because again, that's where we get a lot of our visions, um, um, a lot of our messages so um you know i think a lot of people are missing out on that right now there's not like a lot of, of guidance a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't being like maybe like the best role models um you know a lot of people are like over medicating themselves lately there's been a lot of suicides me too unfortunately a lot mm-hmm. of people were having a really hard time especially with the lockdowns and all the like the internalizing you know there's a lot of people, things that people just don't want to look at you know if we can just get through this i think it could be such a huge learning experience and um such a boom to kind of like our spiritual awareness and and evolution
1: you know yeah i think so too like do you think that because of the because of the pandemic here and people kind of um, doing those sort of things do you think we will eventually overcome that and then kind of get to like a higher vibration because i think do you think it's kind of like a lesson for us right now
0: um, so it's kind of interesting. All these things are just kind of coming to a head right now. And I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, just the most important thing you could do is just uh, think of others, be kind to others, and uh, just really be aware of your thought forms and what you're, what you're manifesting right now, what your attention is, mm-hmm. you know, just getting through this. And just um, these things that are evaporating become endangered species, these uh, common courtesy kind of things. You know, mm-hmm. if you were sick anyway, before all of this, you know, you'd cover your mouth or, you know, before you coughed or you'd wear a mask, you know, like they did in overpopulated areas. That's just the reality. You know, we're so overpopulated right mm-hmm. now. I'm sorry, I could go on and on. But um.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's say I switch topics a bit because I think that's getting carried away a bit. But it's good to know that there are ideas out there that this could be something once we get over this, maybe it's leading towards a higher vibration for people, a higher awareness yes. of things all over, not just... As other the people but the earth as well so i think the earth needs that as well so hopefully we can get over it hopefully we can move forward and be at that better place um but let's get into your investigations a little bit now um can you tell us a bit about a recent ev- investigation that you've done
0: uh well i just got back from new orleans and we stayed at the bourbon orleans hotel um I don't remember if I already talked about this, or we if that was anyway. Uh, we stayed there. We also visited the Lord Mansion, which was a place where a woman lived. This this madam who would torture her slaves. Um, she was having a party one night, and a, a slave deliberately set fire to the kitchen. That uh, she had done something wrong, so in order to escape punishment, because she knew that anyone taken to one of these upper rooms never came back. So the you know, the, the police came, the fire department, they found her chained to the kitchen wall and she told her story. So they went and investigated this room and they found all these slaves that had been tortured horribly. They were all bound up there. Some of them um, had missing limbs. Some of them had their the skin peeled off their faces. Um, this woman was forced into like a small cage. Uh, just like the most gruesome things you can imagine. So she escaped to uh, to Paris, and uh, Nicolas Cage actually ended up buying this this property, mm. which he lost during some tax issues. Mm. Um, but that's you know, like every block, there was something like this, some some house that had some significance to to the city. Uh, one of the investigations we did our last night in New Orleans was it was featured on Paranormal Lockdown. It was the Rampart mm. Street murder house, uh, which was the scene of like one of the grisliest murders ever in New Orleans, where this man. Um, he mutilated um, his girlfriend and then committed suicide. So we had visited the hotel where he committed suicide. We had investigated the apartment. So we we're actually in the in the actual kitchen where and, and the bathroom where he had dismembered her, uh, which was just really, really heavy. Um, when we investigate, you know, usually we have people working different tools. Myself, I think those are really distracting. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, when I grew up in the 80s, um, you know, all these shows, like, Wonder Woman, Incredible Hulk, Charlie's Angels, they all had like a haunted episode, which would have like the same things to it, which would be a swinging chandelier, you know, lightning on like these um, spooky oil paintings, flickering candles. Mm -hmm. So back then, ghost hunts to me sounded so romantic. And then I grew up and I started going on them and, you know, other people's ghost hunts. And it was just kind of sitting in the dark, listening to this ghost box or looking at blinking lights, Mm -hmm. looking at flashlights turning on and off. It was just really kind of like a boring thing. So, when I go to these uh places now that are very rich with paranormal phenomena, it's more about me tapping into the spirit and really to make wanting to make authentic contact if there's any knowledge or wisdom they want to impart. Mm-hmm. so, I do this meditation where it's kind of like a, you know like this this fruit roll up on like wax paper. it sounds kind of funny, mm-hmm. but you imagine just peeling it off and each fruit roll up is um a period of time. So you're just peeling these off, peeling back these layers of time, and you're listening to music or you're dressed in um, clothing of the the era, really trying to saturate yourself in this period and tap into these these spirits. Mm -hmm. So just tapping in that night was just really, really exhausting. A lot of people, a lot of spirits that I was aware of um, didn't have very long lifespans because of cholera and yellow fever and and Mm -hmm. things like this. So it was just a You know, and of course, Katrina, um, after Katrina happened, this, this massive flooding of New Orleans, um, everyone went went what was called Katrina crazy, where they were all Mm -hmm. suffering from PTSD. So a lot of that is so um, saturated in in the walls and in the soil, Um, you know, around 700 people died, you know, during this, this tragedy. So Mm -hmm. a lot of that energy remains, but there's also such a celebration of life and a pride um, so it was exhausting because there was so much to tap into, you know, out there.
1: So, do you practice that as a medium? Then, do you practice your mediumship abilities when you go on to investigations more than you use tools and stuff?
0: Um, I do because uh, I, uh, my, my paranormal investigation group is called Future Ghost. Um, I have a spirit photographer on my team. We have others that join us depending on what we need, like different mediums. Mm-hmm. Because of where I work at a metaphysical store, I can employ different psychics and mediums to come and join us and kind of get another where they go in cold. They've never been to this environment. They don't mm-hmm. know anything about it. So it's nice to have different viewpoints um, as far as the activity, what's going on. But um, so I have one person that focuses more on the spirit photography. Uh, because that's you know people want to see it you know or or the video you know the EV or the uh full spectrum cameras night vision cameras things like that the FLIR which is the thermal kind of cameras we have we've had a lot of luck with that so but yeah when i go in it's more okay i'm feeling something here come in here with your tools you know something just went in this room let's go over here um, it, it's that kind of thing i went we we went uh last year to a jail um in an old mining town called cripple creek mm-hmm. and that was another really exhausting one because a lot of these people back then were there for the gold rush you know i live at the base of pike's peak so it was like uh, the pikes the, the gold rush was so huge here pike's peak or bust mm-hmm. and a lot of people just went bust their the job as a miner was really really hard a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't survive it Um, Also, uh, like the working girls, you know, they got like sexually transmitted diseases. You know, they died of uh, tuberculosis and cholera. Mm -hmm. Tuberculosis was really huge here in Colorado because a lot of them came up here to um, get their fresh mountain air. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people died, you know, too. So you have a lot of that history. I live in old Colorado city where there was a number of tuberculosis centers and um, people coming through on their way to, to Pikes Peak. So a lot of that history, but again, as a medium, tapping into these very short lifespans these people had and the things that they experienced, you really, really have to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear so many times at the store, you know, I'm an empath, you know, but it's, they don't know what to do with it. You know, they don't know how to ground themselves or to kind Mm -hmm. of protect themselves or create that filter. Um, And that's why we don't hire media. We don't really hire uh, empaths at the store because in two days they're in a puddle of tears on the floor. Mm -hmm because the energy is just so high. We carry a lot of crystals. So it might be just a combination of this intense psychic energy right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe all these crystals magnifying everything. Maybe it's the full moons, you know, who knows Mm -hmm. what it is, but um, we're all really going through something right now. So it's really important to find your own grounding. And, um, you know, for me, one of my favorite things to do is to take a a salt, an Epsom salt bath, which is, I just, just love the element of water anyway, which is like so cleansing. But uh, lately, that's weekly. I just, I have to be doing something. I traveled to New Mexico a couple of weeks ago and visited the Santuario de Chamayo, which used to have a well, which gave, a, it was kind of like these uh, very, these waters that was almost like lords, which was very healing. So there's a lot of crutches and wheelchairs left behind for people that experienced these miraculous healings. Hmm. And then after the well dried up, they found out that the soil in the area was also very healing. So we took some of the soil, which you're allowed to do. We also visited the Loreto Chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which uh, it was a chapel built, but there was no way to get to the loft where the, the choir loft. So they had prayed for nine days. A man came, built this am- amazing spiral staircase. They still kind of vet, still kind of vet, um, figure out exactly how this was done with just these pegs that he did, like just one piece of wood. And um, it was a miracle. You know, they, they, uh, they, they had prayed for so long. This man came and they believed he was a, a saint. So they have water there too, which is um, ideal for use like in uh, even exorcisms, you know, just this. So when I take these baths, you know, I like to use this holy water, but even though I'm Native American, just working where I do, um, I have all these other tools available to me from different cultures like Apollo Santo or uh, black tourmaline, maybe different crystals people have used for for protection and grounding. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I do that as well. I always wear one particular necklace and it has the black germline for my protection. So that's just energy that's always coming towards me. I like to protect myself at all times. So, um... I actually use it quite often. So every day. So, um, I know what you're talking about how you need to sort of cleanse yourself and get yourself more grounded. So, um, especially during these times too, like during the pandemic and everything, so up in the air, people just don't know what's going on spiritually or physically. So it's a good idea. Right. So, um, so where do you go from there? What kind of things have you been doing through the pandemic to keep yourself busy? Have you been doing filming work or,
0: uh, the last thing I did uh, premiered on Discovery Plus earlier this year, which was Haunted Hospital season three,
1: okay. which
0: I filmed last year. Um, throughout COVID, you know, as I said, we're all just having such a hard time. My mother passed away yeah. during the height of COVID. We had tried to take her to the hospital two times, and they said she's more at risk at the hospital because of COVID yeah. than she is just, you know, so. Um, her illness just, uh, she didn't get the help that she needed medically. Mm. So when she passed, it was just, it was very sudden. It was very sad. Uh, A month after that, I, I was called on to do filming for season three of Haunted Hospitals. So I wasn't in the best space. Um, it was an interesting filming because it was filmed in downtown Denver at this, uh, hotel. So all the staff had masks Mm. and, uh, they filmed me. I was just kind of looking at an iPad with a director beamed in from Canada. So uh, and it was great. I mean, I just I love the people associated with all of this, um, with all these different projects, you know, from hospitals to Paranormal 911, Paranormal, Paranormal Night Shift, The Believers, Scariest Night of My Life, you know, all these things that I've been doing. I have film, filmed about like nine times in the last like three years. Mm. But a year, uh, after, shortly after filming that, I, I collapsed. I was getting ready for bed. I collapsed. I had a... Um, an attack of vertigo. Mm -hmm. And they did all the scans. And it was found that I also had an aneurysm. So it was like months and months of physical therapy, getting back to the state that I was in, combating this dizziness, getting my balance back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in that during that time, I still was kind of keeping that creative energy flowing. So I wouldn't get depressed because I was going through a lot of depression. I just lost my mom. Mm -hmm. But it took like a long time. It's been uh, like the end of July was a year since she'd been gone. So um, and I know she's at peace because my, both my sister and I have seen her in dream time. She's happy. She's on the next level of her transformation, but it was, it was a hell of a time. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, just wear a mask, you know, get your vaccine, all these things. I went, I, I was drugged through hell along with everybody else too. So I'm um, in a much better space right now. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, again, I continue to film um, at all these locations and I do, you know, I'm going to new, uh, Las Vegas uh, on Wednesday. So we're mm-hmm. going to investigate. Uh, we're going to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Okay. Uh, the Luxor is actually uh, supposed to be a very haunted site. It used to be the site of an old mob dumping ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, um, you know, people had died during its construction. They have leapt, leapt from these sideways elevators. So uh, a person died like in a, in a bombing there once. Mm-hmm. Um, people died from um, a plague that actually Legionnaires disease that was in the water. A lot of strange curse. They believe it's cursed. Some people believe okay. it's cursed uh, because it wasn't built to specifications. This pyramid. There wasn't like a sphinx guarding. There's only one sphinx. There's supposed to be two sphinxes whenever you're building a pyramid of this size. Mm. They were using all this kind of like Egyptian, uh, this Egyptian theme, but I don't know if there was a lot of respect for that. I'm sure mm. there was some respect for that culture, but um, they uh, they used to have like what was called the Nile River Ride, which was a boat uh, ride that would take you to your room um Hopefully. to the elevators to the room but they uh what they found out was that when it got into these tunnels people were seeing the spirits of people that had died either during the construction from these mob hits from people that had jumped from upper floors were appearing in the water so uh they got rid of it you know it was only like maybe two or three years after they opened they got rid of this ride so mm-hmm. anyway we're going to go there that's going to be our next thing that we're going to do an investigate i mean we're actually going for a Star Trek invention, but it's kind of nice to have these other things to do (laughs) nice to get to
1: combine the star trek with some paranormal that's always a good thing
0: (laughs) yeah just i mean i grew up with uh watching and search off with my dad with leonard demoy Mm -hmm. so i just i loved him ever since you know then and um you know watching the show with my father you know he wasn't someone that ever said well that's not real that's swamp gas that's whatever one i would ask him about these things I saw, Bermuda Triangle and and UFOs, you know. He's like, "Well, what do you think?" You know. He never took away that wonder from me, mm-hmm. and I think that was so important. You know that that was uh, he kind of gave me that room to believe, find my own path. You know, spiritually, mm-hmm. you didn't know, try to contaminate that with pessimism or anything else.
1: That's great. Um, it's always wonderful when um, your older relatives, like your father, your uncle, or whatever, actually support you in. Um, encourage you to get into this type of topic because with your background and stuff i'm sure it wasn't easy for a lot of your maybe relatives to accept that or how did your relatives feel about you going into this kind of thing was it open to them or was it more like shied away from it or
0: well they they knew about other things that happened to me um one time we went camping we took these yearly camping excursions to a place called wellington reservoir Mm -hmm. in bailey colorado and there was one night where um Someone was seen walking around the tents I think it was like a full moon so you could see the the silhouette but mm-hmm. whoever this person was it was obviously a child the same age as me and um, they saw him walking down towards the the lake so my aunt was just kind of like in a state of readiness because she's like who's going down there you know who's that she was listening for the zippers of the tent because mm-hmm. we're next to her tent and around that time I started having a dream of uh, walking into the, the lake and feeling that ice cold water going above my head and then I couldn't breathe anymore and every time i tried to scream more water went down my throat so uh and and then what was happening was i was actually running around the tent screaming trying to catch my breath getting air and bumping off the sides of this tent waking everybody up so i was so upset about it that we had to leave the next day and then we found out a week after we got back that a boy matching my description had actually drowned Um, off the shore from where we were, which we, um, I think his name was Michael. We we ended up calling him Michael because he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept haunting me. So I don't know if I was just sensitive and that's why he was trying to reach out. Maybe in his last moments, I switched places with him. So I experienced that drowning where he experienced me maybe sleeping in my bed or whatever it was in the tent. Um, But he haunted me for quite a while um, after that in my dream time. And it took a long time to get rid of that. So my uncles and family members knew I already had this um, spirit came to me. I didn't go seeking anything out. They, they came and messed with me. So that was always, um, they understood that. Um, it's just, it's interesting for them and for myself to watch some of these shows and these groups that um, I understand about the nature of debunking and why you want to, okay, this, this thing that they're seeing like at two o'clock every night might be this lighthouse behind us, this, this light, or like that. I understand that, that part of, of debunking, but it's almost, you know, for some people, it's almost like sucking the life, sucking the wonder out of an experience to where, you know, you, you pray for healing, you pray for miracles, you pray for pandemics to go away, but what energy are you drawing from, you know, when when this happens, you know, your, your prayer and your faith, you know, if, if you're going to debunk anything, if you're going to kill something, before this miracle even has a chance to kind of like spread its wings. You know, I was talking about intuition earlier and all the different, all all the times we discount this this voice that told us to go left or to bring our phone or to pick up that phone, whatever it was, you know, we just, we don't have enough faith in that. And, you know, right now it's, you know, I think more than ever, people need to find that faith and listen to that internal voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of us bring force to with the lockdowns and and everything else.
1: Mm Yeah, that's just it. I think people are being more forced to find their own um, intuition and get to that next point in their life, I think. So, um, well, have you been doing anything lately to kind of help yourself along? Have you been trying to do more meditation or kind of guide yourself through this?
0: I believe that everything that's happening to you now is pre- preparing you for what's coming next. You know, we don't really often notice this. So, this year it's been a lot of writing, it's been a lot of, um, you know, we go to these, um, paramilitary active locations and I, I kind of write this little skit on the spot and film it like on the spot. So I think maybe coming up, there's going to be more programs that are going to be more, um, kind of a gorilla filmed, you know, because, uh, just with the pandemic and everything, um, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, all these movies were ge- gearing up again and now they might be shutting down. I mean, I know I don't feel comfortable going to theater myself right now. So we'll see what's going to happen. But, um, it's, it's just listening to that, um, to that voice. It's, it's a lot of writing. It's a lot of dream time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people's dreams right now are just like so rich. And that's another thing that they discount, you know, for the people that can remember their dreams, you know, just really look at what those dreams and what they're symbolically trying to say to you the message that, that, that that's trying to convey, you know, even if it's just simple as, you know, something in this relationship upsets me, you know, I have to address this relationship because maybe I'm working from home and, um, you know, just, you know, here anyway, I mean, the domestic disturbances since these lockdowns some people working from home has like skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So um, just really keeping the peace and holding on to that light, holding on to that light for my community and, and for the, the earth, you know, because we only have one. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad to see all of these fires and floods and everything else, like the wildfire smoke is here so bad. Uh, and that's another thing. A lot of people are so resistant to the to the um, concept of global warming that we're, we don't have any effect on this planet. And we have an effect on everything, you know, mm-hmm. a blade of grass that we step on. We have an effect on, on the people we're flipping off on the highway. You know, all these, you know, at least in America, this is what's happening. So um, and nothing against Americans. You know, I'm, I'm Native American. And it's just um, a lot of these behaviors are really distressing and upsetting to me mm-hmm. when now more than ever, you know, we really have to put on our, our big boy and girl pants yeah. and go out there in our world and, and do some positive, you know, make some positive changes.
1: I think that's Sorry. great advice. I totally agree. Um, it's not just a U.S. thing. It's a Canadian thing too. So uh, it's a world thing. We all have to do it. We all have to, um, I think, be, be a bit better towards one another. So I'm hoping that's something that will come out of this pandemic is that people realize, you know, um you got to change things. You got to change your life if you want to get to the higher vibrations. So but thank you Christopher so much for being here this week on Haunting Live. I appreciate your stories. I appreciate your insight and um I appreciate your time for you talking to us here today. How about your experiences? So, so thank you for having me. Yep. Yeah. No problem. Thank you very much for being here. Okay. Take care. Yep. Yeah. Bye. I'm uh...
0: crazy. I don't like it in here.